Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. This is the Sikkim Podcast, powered by Rogue Media Network. The Sikkim Podcast is a production of Baylor Athletics. Now, join the voice of the Bears, John Morris. Hi, everybody, and welcome to this week's Sikkim Podcast, powered by Rogue Media Network, a production of Baylor Athletics, and a video podcast this week. Hope you're tapping into that. We appreciate that. We are coming to you from the studios of Rogue Media Network. We appreciate our partnership with Rogue Media Network. Hey, this week uh, it is a video podcast because we want to share with you, maybe you've seen it from other outlets, but we want to uh, blanket this coverage out on a terrific video produced by Baylor Athletics, letting Jonathan Chumwachachua tell the story in his own words of what he's been through, what he is going through, and what he'll continue to go through really for several months ahead. In short order, Jonathan, a a current Baylor basketball player, and he is from the Cameroon originally. He played at the NBA Global Academy in Australia, then played at UNLV for a year before really finding his home here at Baylor University. And Jonathan Chumwachachua has become, in very short order, a fan favorite, a player's favorite, a coach's favorite, and I'm going to tell you, a broadcaster's favorite also. Jonathan is just so sincere and hardworking in everything he does. You're in the nickname of Everyday John, and I I, I, I hesitate to give credit to who came up with that first because I don't want to give it to the wrong person, but it per- fits him perfectly. Everyday John, meaning he just comes to work every day, works so hard, and has turned himself into a player that last year was named the Big 12 Defensive Player of the Year and first team all Big 12 Conference defensive team last year. And think about that, earning that honor in a season in which he was injured in mid-February. If you remember the play, it was Baylor in Texas in the Farrell Center, key Big 12 game. Jonathan just running back up the floor to get back into a defensive position, and he stepped wrong, and he basically did everything bad you can do to your left knee on that injury. And it was really horrific to watch in person, and then when you see the replay from ESPN, it was even more horrific. And Jonathan just set about, you know, recovering, rehabbing from that, almost uh, from that moment, from the moment he was helped off the court. Uh, He had surgery the very next day, I think, uh, and you'll hear in this video, it was paramount to get the surgery done as quick as possible. And then from that point on, Jonathan, if you know him and you know his resolve, he was uh, really determined to uh, get back from the injury and play basketball again here at Baylor. So in his own words, I want you to hear Jonathan Chumwa Chachua's story and really his testimony on how, uh, you know, how Baylor has changed him 
and how he now continues to work moving forward. You'll hear, if you're listening to the audio of this podcast, you'll hear Jonathan. You'll also hear from Fran Fraschilla of ESPN, who was calling the game that day. You'll hear from Dave Snyder, our men's basketball trainer. Dave was right there, one of the first people to go out and uh, and uh, talk to Jonathan injured on the court. You'll hear from Chris Beard also, the University of Texas men's basketball coach. Chris was maybe the first one out there, really, to run out to midcourt and check on Jonathan, even though it was the opposing team. And then, of course, you'll hear from Scott Drew as well. So all of that coming up, here it is, in his own words, Jonathan Chumwa. Chachua. This is Jonathan Chama Chachua, and I think I'm finally ready to tell my story. It was a Saturday afternoon in Waco, and a great matchup between two ranked teams, Texas and Baylor longtime rivals and uh, two great coaches, obviously great teams. I've done many, many big games at Baylor in the Big 12, and uh, this was a special Saturday afternoon. There was a buzz in the air without question. I was just coming back on one of my best games since I started playing basketball. Um, we had a pretty good win against K-State's big rivalry game coming up, Ferro Santa Food. I had my uncle coming in town to watch me play for the first time. From inside the Farrell Center, the Paul J. Meyer Arena, welcome in to Baylor Big 12 Basketball. Today, the Bears and the Longhorns. Crowd is on its feet. We're underway. The 258th meeting all time between Baylor and Texas. We get started. We get the status in. We're excited. We're on the bench trying for each other. I get on the floor. I remember we had a fast break. James Akinjo threw me a love. Barely made it. <laughs> I barely made it. Akinjo in transition, lobs it. Oh, it's left it's home by Chama Chachua. Oh, it's Akinjo to Chachua. Fans are blowing the rope off the Farrell Center. And then the next time I went back in, crashed the glass. I was jogging back. I remember seeing uh, a foot in front of me, so I just tried to avoid it to get back in position as soon as I can. And it happened. Chachua goes down on the floor. He's holding his left knee. Chamo Chachua hitting up the floor. Planted his left leg. And it just gave way. The gym just got quiet. I don't know if it was just me being in pain or just everybody got quiet. Everything was just like smiling. I remember Coach Beard touching me and telling me that you'll be a right big guy. When the Farrell Center goes from uh, uh, um, 108 decibels to all of a sudden you can hear a pin drop, uh, you just know the concern and love everybody uh, had for John at that time and a uh, real class act by the Texas team and Coach Beard um, to make sure uh, uh, he was okay, wish him well, um, and the respect they showed him really meant a lot. 
Unfortunately for me, I had an incredible view of John's injury because it happened right at midcourt in front of our broadcast table, probably 30 feet away. And uh, I've seen injuries before in basketball as a coach and a broadcaster. Obviously, we knew it was serious. We knew it was a knee injury. That was clear. And it definitely was, there was a palpable um, feeling in the arena that it was a serious injury. Everything was just like numb at that moment until I kind of like snapped back into my body and started paying attention to my knee. Like, the pain was just unbearable. My leg was unstable. I felt like I had a toothpick on my leg. I felt like I only had one ligament holding on my leg at that moment. When I just had the thought about throwing my ACA, I just started screaming not because of the pain, but just because of how much work I just been putting in, how much preparation, how I never cheated, either on my body, um, you know, my skills. Rushing out to the court to evaluate him, try to calm him down. Um, we knew the most important thing was to, you know, get him stabilized, to, to get up and get to the athletic training room to do a more thorough evaluation, to, to just see the extent of, of the damage caused by that hyperextension. I got to carry into the training room, couldn't lift my left leg. I could barely just push it. I barely had a plan of flexion on my left leg. I remember our legal trainer trying to touch my left leg to make sure that I had some sensation. When we brought him to the training room evaluating him, you know, automatically you could tell that with the slightest bit of a special test is what we do, uh, you can tell there was ligament involvement. And typically when you're presented with that, you know, you stop searching for certain ligament damage in a way because you know that there is some, you know that he's in significant pain and what you don't want to do is continue to put him any under more pain that, that you don't need to. We're just the first day in the training room and to halftime, I was kind of smiling about it when my girlfriend came in, my uncle came in, but when my teammates were coming in to just uh, checking on me, I, that's why I just like couldn't look at them. I just started crying. I was letting everybody down. I was letting myself down. I was letting that guy always come to the gym every morning. Put like so much work, I was letting him down. We had got him to a local emergency room to where they could do some testing to make sure that there weren't any vascular structures compromised, um, which would take with it the most precedence. Um, you know, vascular wins above all as far as of, of the order of importance. I'm still thanking God to this day uh, that the result of the scanner came back negative and all the blood vessels were fine. I was kind of cheered up about that. And now the next step was to do an MRI and to see and to confirm my expectation of throwing ACL. After the game, being around some of the coaches, I could tell that this was not your normal knee injury, so uh, uh, we all felt it. 
it really wasn't until David Kay showed me the replay. And obviously we're not showing the replay in the Farrell Center, but when he showed me the replay, uh, immediately the same thought I had when uh, Joe Theismann's injury on TV uh, back in the NFL days came to mind. one of those injuries when you see it, you just, um, it's like uh, smelling salts. It just makes you cringe and uh, right away you know the severity of it and you don't want to watch it again. As a coach, uh, I think all parents can relate to um, whenever you see your child or one of your players get hurt like that and they work so hard. Um, don't know uh, the severity of it, but obviously it didn't look good. So our hearts go out and prayers go out to them and hope for the best. John is probably uh, one of the most respected players to play in the Big 12 in all my years covering the league. Every coach understands what he means to Baylor. Every coach would love to have a guy like him because of his energy and enthusiasm, attitude, and, uh, and, his, and his ability. So I think we all felt it, even his opponents. Let me start by saying this, if you don't mind. Uh, just uh, want to wish Jonathan the best. Um, hate that part about sports, you know, best players uh, just really hurts me. I wish it had happened to me today and uh, not him. To me, probably more important than anything I can say about today's game is I just hope that he's okay. He's one of the best players in college basketball. and I've never liked that part about sports. I, I wish that could happen to me instead of him today. So he'll be in our uh, team prayer and our thoughts and stuff, and I just hope that he's okay. I went to get an MRI the next day. That was a Sunday morning. Then I was just waiting for my results. I had the coaching staff coming up to my house, uh, checking on me. I had my teammates coming up, checking on me. And I remember around 4 p.m. in the afternoon, I got a call from Coach Drew and my head athletic trainer telling me that I torn at least five to six different tissues. And I literally asked him, uh, how bad is it? And he literally told me, it's really bad. Like, it's really awful. You know, when student athletes tear certain ligaments, you know, that, those come with it, you know, certain return times. Um, anytime you start adding ligaments to major structures, it just increases time and doubt, you know, that, that somebody can, can return and come back to the, to the way that they were before. Um, and it's a long, hard road. Um, so uh, it was an emotional call. Um, it was an emotional time for, for you know, all of us. Uh, I mean, everyone's heartbroken. I mean, uh, John is a, a special young man, as all our players, but um, how much he pours into the game, how much he loves Baylor University, loves his team, uh, you just, uh, uh, your heart goes out to him. The next day on that Monday at 9 a.m., I got a call from my athletic trainer telling me that I might need to have surgery ASAP because there's a really strong possibility I have nerve damage. So from there, uh, I was introduced to uh, Dan Cooper. I heard a great deal about him. He's really respected in his business. And I said, okay, I'm going to have surgery there in Dallas. So at that exact time, 
Uh, I got in the car with my girlfriend, uh, and we went to Dallas. I met with a surgeon. Uh, he really comforted me. He really like gave me like a really like boost in terms of like him telling me that this happened before he had the surgery. This is not the first first time for me to have to deal with this. And best case scenario, I can come back in eight months. And worst case, or well, on average, I can come back in eighteen months. The next day, uh, it was on Tuesday. I was expecting the surgery to only last two hours, but <laughs> it ended up being four and a half hours. I woke up, I had my girlfriend, my uncle around me. Uh, they told me the surgery went fine, uh, but you still need like you still need to meet with the surgeon next morning because he need to talk to you. Uh, I know my girlfriend really well, so I can tell when she's hiding stuff from me. And the truth is that she didn't want to tell me that a surgeon told them that I damaged my nerve. When we got the call from the surgeon describing the extent of the of the nerve damage, you know, I, t I tell you, it was it was very very tough. It was about 12 to 15 centimeters apart. When I found it out that next morning, I literally was shattered. My word just lapsed. I'm pretty sure I cried for like three hours straight. Like, I couldn't contain anything. After my first surgery, uh, I believe that was probably the darkest time of my life. That was a very hard period, you know, for, for John and for us to try to be there for John and supportive and, and, and and optimistic. We had a lot of conversations about that, about setting goals. You know, what are our goals going to be? Um, being realistic with goals, setting small goals, shifting our goals as we had to, just to where there was always something that he could accomplish. The surgeon told me that he fixed my knee, my knee's mine. Now, the next step is to have a surgery for your nerve. I had to just rehab my knee for three months before moving up to my next surgery, which was in July 1st. That's when I met uh, Dr. Nunley at, in North Carolina, great person. Uh, meeting with him gave me hope. Then the day of the surgery, things went pretty well. Things went pretty well. He told me that my nerve is gonna take some time to heal. There's no like really set rehab for it. It's just like more God timing. So I just gotta keep on praying, just waiting on my nerves to just snap back. I don't know that I've ever come into contact with anyone that works harder than he does. It just amazes me to watch him do some of the things that he does. Um, even just with his initial approach to the injury and how he was gonna just tackle each little daily task. We continue to give him challenges to, to, to work to overcome. You know, it's not without difficulty, but he, but he can do it. And uh, it's, just, it's just unreal.
Well, you knew <laughs> nobody would rehab harder. The last thing I expected was to see him in the gym that soon on a stool uh, getting shots up. But uh, John, you just can't keep him out of the gym. He loves uh, basketball. He loves to work on his craft. And guys just gave him a great desire and ability to play this game. And again, if anyone can come back from an injury like this, Jonathan Chamuchachua is that guy. crazy because even till this day I still go back to like that same spot on the court where I got hurt and just sit down there and just think like what if I didn't step this way what if I didn't step that far so it's just crazy to see like how a couple millimeters or centimeters just can change your life I know watching this video you're gonna probably ask yourself or ask me uh, so what is my timeline my leg is healing faster than everybody told it will. And I just thank God every day for that. But the truth is that this year, my goal is just to be as healthy as I can. And the truth is that I'm not gonna hang it up. I'll be back as soon as I can. I don't have a date. I don't have a game. I know for a fact that I won't give up. So as long as God doesn't give up on me, I'll be back on that floor. And there it is. That is the story in his own words of Jonathan Chumwa Chachua, Baylor men's basketball player. And he he just he just brings a smile to your face when you see him and when you hear him. And especially when you go over to the Farrell Center and you see him working so hard to come back from this injury. And again, if anybody can come back from this injury, it's Jonathan because of his resolve and how hard he is willing to work. Everyday John, again, a real fan favorite, and we're pulling for him, and we're praying for him also, and we would covet your prayers as Jonathan continues to work and come back from this injury. And that is this week's Sikkim Podcast, powered by Rogue Media Network. Again, coming to you today from the studios of Rogue Media Network. We appreciate you being with us. It's a production of Baylor Athletics, and we'll be back with you next week with another edition of the Sikkim Podcast. You've been listening to the Sikkim Podcast, powered by Rogue Media Network. The Sikkim Podcast is a production of Baylor Athletics.